for the Crime of the Century podcast, where we expose higher education as a scam that it is. I'm Kevin Prendeville, and I believe that because of what we're teaching our students, we're losing an entire generation. Today, as always, we're going to dive headfirst into controversial subjects undaunted by political correctness. So recently, there was a, a spattering of uh, white power symbols um, from many people on the left and right because they were doing, um, here, I'll do it for you, that sign. And now, of course, somebody's going to, well, I'm not popular enough, but if I was, somebody would have written an article about how I'm some sort of Nazi because I did that. Uh, now, regardless for the implications, there was a similar article, um, gosh, must have been a year ago at this point, talking about how if you use the term Western civilization, uh, you're also some sort of racist, fascist bigot. So in this series that we're going to begin, we're going to take a look at why Western culture is the way it is, but also what forces are trying to take away from that. And because of all of this, it contributes in large part to the crime of the century. So first we have to examine what Western civilization is. Now we're going to expand this out over a small series, don't know how many uh, shows this will be, but before we get to dissecting why university matters in this whole equation, we're going to have to go back to what separates the West from the East. Of course, um, you always hear uh, Easterners talk about the the, the West and the, and the divide is there, uh, of course, and so when we when we discuss it, it's usually for those who are into geography. Uh, the dividing line is right at about Istanbul, which was once Constantinople, uh, before the Turks took it and renamed the city uh, Istanbul. Um, between the, you've got the Mediterranean Sea in Europe, and then there's the little split that filters into uh, the Black Sea. Now that seems like uh, just generic kind of nonsense, but <laughs> I assure you it is uh, it is important. And one of the defining moments in separating the East from the West was actually, surprisingly, uh, the famous, what is now famous in many people's minds, uh, Battle of Thermopylae, or uh, the 300 battle that uh, Zack Snyder based his film off of. Um, and that separated because the Persians never, that was the second time the Persian Empire tried to push into Europe. And Europe at that time hadn't really been colonized. You still had, uh, you know, nomadic tribes up in, in Russia. You had kind of the Germanic tribes or what would become the Germanic tribes way up kind of in the Polish area. And then you had settlements in uh, Italy and Greece. But other than that, not it's not Europe as what we think of. Regardless, Persia wanted it, Persia was powerful, and Persia lost twice. And this, because of the survival of the Greek states for as long as they did until Rome came in and was essentially another Western power anyways, the Greek philosophy defined our perception of government and our perception of ethics and morals in the West. So, uh, for instance, you have kind of the three grades. You have uh, Plato, Aristotle, and 
the the Greek philosophers who essentially all learned uh, from each other to uh, to kind of formulate what we collectively think of as ethics or morals. And some people believe outside of the Bible, uh, many historians believe that Aristotle's ethics is one of the greatest books ever written. Me personally, uh, I think Shakespeare has him beat, but of course in the nonfiction section, uh, Aristotle probably takes the cake. And now one of the things he, and if you take any English class, you'll, you'll get this, and I don't mean to reiterate that, but one of the things he talked about even in uh, describing and talking things with people was the logos or logic and uh, you know coming people from uh, from an ethos or, or or emotional standpoint and defining those two things as different ways of convincing people uh, to follow you and that but also and part of that was constructing arguments so therefore we get our in Basically, the way that, that Westerners construct arguments is not based off of anything except for logic or emotion or a combination of the two. And so that little book, little, it's, it's like 300 pages, but uh, that defined the way that our academics think and have thought for centuries. And that, that's a good thing. I'm not saying that that is a, a negative that separates us from the East in the sense that our higher-ups, our elite, if they're going to make an argument to the public, it has to involve some sort of logic. It cannot be just because I am powerful. Does that make sense? So you can't just say, on the basis of me being a powerful elite that has money and wealth, I say this is true. That, because our elites amongst themselves believe or have believed that every argument, every worthwhile argument must be based on some sort of logic and combination of human emotion and morals that every, you cannot make an argument based on status. And that separates us from the East where you have these different mandates from kings and warlords who say that basically because I have gotten rid of everybody else or because, you know, because I am me, this is true. There, there's, and that really helps, at least in the West, for a long time, especially during the reign of the Romans and the later on after the Renaissance in Europe, Western medicine, Western scientific advancement, any, any scientific theory has to be grounded, even if it's a theory, even if it's a hypothesis, has to be grounded in logic. This is true, therefore this may be true. And it also gets to the fact that, that, that there is something that, that's, that's true. And we talked about this a long, long time ago, and we talked about what definable truth is, and it, if that exists at all. Now that'll come out later in this, in this series. We're not quite there yet. But I do want to, I want you to keep this in mind, that truth and the perspective of things are two separate entities.
they're two separate ways of looking at the world. What, what is true and how you see that truth. And I want you to keep in the back of mind which one you base your life around. Now that'll come up again, as I said, later in the series. But if we're going to push forward, uh, the Greeks essentially came up with this idea and the Romans loved it so much that when they successfully took the Greek uh, Greeks off of the world stage, they essentially just took their philosophies, they took their scientific advancements, they took their, heck, they took their gods even until Roman beca uh, Rome became a Christian nation. They took the Greek gods and just kind of renamed them and made up their own stories. And that essentially, because that was the basis for Rome, that philosophy spread all the way from Spain to Turkey to Liberia and Africa because the Romans kicked everybody else out and that's how the Romans thought and eventually that that those ideas spread so even when the uh, eastern half of the Roman Empire uh, collapsed and the west and it split into two Byzantium and, and what would be Western Rome and Western Rome collapses the Turks and the the Middle Easterners hang on to this a, a little bit and that's kind of what's called the Middle East. It's, it's this great melting pot of Western and, and Eastern cultures. Of course, it's not so great right now, but it's just kind of a tumultuous period in its history. But the Baltics and what is uh, Byzantium also held on to this. And so you get this odd Europe in, in its Eastern quadrants are, are very odd in the sense that it's not quite West, but it's not quite East. And there are other factors that, that play into it, but this idea was rediscovered in, during the Renaissance after we had gotten through the dark period of the uh, Germanic tribe rule, tribal rule, essentially, in what would become known as the, the Dark Ages and the Medieval Era. And that alone, scientific thought, ethical thought, moralistic basis for society. It's why we have, in some cases, that's why, that's why we have judges. That's why we have judgment. We have the idea of mercy. We have the idea that it's not like in North Korea where if your grandfather committed a crime, you're still guilty of it. We have the idea of individualism and that is not solely based on the Greek philosophy. That also comes from a Judeo-Christian ethic that has merged with and taking the role of ethos in the Western culture. So you have this logical side that, that competes with the, uh, the, the, the ethos, the moral side, um, in order to form the basis for worldview within the culture and society of the West. And as the West expands to the New World and, and later on as we kind of get to where we are now, um, it does still uh, uh, define itself basically from uh, from Lithuania to the United States as this godly based logic logical society in the sense that there is when it comes to a morality there's a moral code that is based on in many cases of religion but there is also a basis in 
the fact that any argument in society has to be made scientifically. Or if you're going to make claims, if you're going to even sell things to people, you're going to have to prove that that product works and you're going to have to prove it. You can't just say, you know, God gave me this, here, eat it. it you're going to have to prove how this product works scientifically or uh, with some other third-party evidence. That's how we operate in the West and it's different than the East. And now, that I would say is better objectively, even if you're just taking the logical aspect. If I'm not saying that the Easterners are not logical or that they don't believe that believe in using logic, but they are a much more top-down society. That if the elites say it's true, then it is. You look at like India's caste system, where they're told not to question it. Where the the if you're born poor, you'll die poor. If you're born rich, you'll die rich. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter what your family does. The society is a lot more rigid because they don't have the same idea of individuality. Whereas the the West, because of the ability of the individual to move up and down in society, the, the ability for the individual to, to prosper is, is, is so much greater. And that in of itself, to me, makes the West a better system for success. Yet all of that is under attack. All of that is in danger of becoming overrun with a top-down authoritarian view of the world. And that is what we're going to discover next time on Crime of the Century. <laughs>